When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Now, it's it's very fitting that I just messed up the intro there, Arthur Motes, and pressing the wrong buttons. and Because, I mean, isn't, isn't that just kind of fitting? Not the greatest of performances and starts for the Steelers yesterday. Not the greatest performance and start by me here. But it is the Steelers Blitz. We're on the air. Wesley Euler. Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and the gold. You guys know the drill. On this program, we've got a decade of NFL experience and a really good head of hair. It's up to you to figure out the rest. What you should know by now, though, is that we want your participation. As always, you can get at us, question, comments, concerns, reactions. Tweet us, X us, at Wesley Euler, at Dubody52. Dubody. We might also go to the phone lines today, 412-919-13. 16. But here's where I want to start. I'm going to cut this fresh beat and everything and all the little bells and whistles that we do here on this program, right? Let's get right into it because I got a question for Arthur Motes. Okay, Motesy? Right out out of the chute. You, at the end of preseason, right? You and I came in here Friday after the Atlanta Falcons preseason game, right? Mm -hmm. And correct me if I'm wrong, I think that was the first time you and I had been together in studio since like February, right? Does that sound right? Sound about right. Because, you know, we've been doing training camp stuff up until that point. That was kind of our back in the studio, back to your regularly scheduled programming right, day. Right, 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 And we had the full snapshot of training camp at that point. We had the full uh, three-game sample size in stadium of the preseason as well, too. And we were kind of just discussing that, doing the 30,000-foot view thing. What have we liked so far? What have we seen? Where are you at with this team as we head into this, you know, this elongated kind of, you know, two-week break here before the things really get going? And you said it kind of, you know, with laughter but also being serious that, you know what, honestly, I think it was too easy for these guys, you know? I wouldn't have minded if they would have faced a little adversity. It was too easy for the offense who scored five touchdowns on five drives. It was too easy for the defense who was getting after everybody, including some of the Buffalo Bills first-teamers that we saw in, in a small sample size there in that game as well, too. You saw the depth shining through. You saw the stars shining through. And, you know, one of your takeaways was, man, you know, some adversity might have actually been good for this team because it's been pretty smooth sailing so far, and that's just not the reality of the National Football League. Well, Arthur Motes, adversity, here it is. What now? 
I mean, now we get to see how they're going to respond to said adversity. Don't get me in trouble today, man. All right, I'm just here so I don't get in trouble. All right, you try to put the, don't put them good graces on me. Yeah, you called it early on, man. You said that they ain't seen no adversity. You said it was. Don't you do that. Uh-uh. But you were right. Uh-uh. I was. I don't know nothing. I was just here with West. All right. But what I will say is this. Um, all right, you're right. I was right. All right. Um, <laughs> you can toot your own horn no, for a second. No, no, because it's not a toot my own horn thing. But it was more so just the context thing. Um, when you talk about the difference of teams, we said on paper we felt like we had some of the very same pieces that the Niners had, right? They got talent young or they have a young talented quarterback that they're optimistic about we have a young talented quarterback that we're optimistic about they have a proven offensive line we had a revamped offensive line they had Debo Samuels and Brandon Ayuk we had George Pickens and Deontay Johnson they got Kittle we got move they got CMC McCaffrey we had Najee so we felt like on paper we had to us similar characters just at different stages of the journey. Sure. Those guys over there, two to three years already proven. Our guys here, more so the up and coming. But we're obviously more optimistic because we're in-house with these guys. These are our players, and rightfully so. And then when you talk about the defense, we felt like both defenses were supposed to be as good as advertised, right? Two of the top five units in the NFL. Both got defensive player of the years. Both went up front. Both got guys in the secondary that can make plays flying around. Some good linebackers. So we felt like, yeah, this should be very similar. But the difference was those guys were already proven. Those guys have played in a Super Bowl and multiple NFC Championship games. We have not. We've talked about the fact that we tried to scale the last seven regular season games and weight that to a postseason run that we saw that very Niners team go on with that Brock Purdy quarterback. And with Christian McCaffrey and with Nick Bosa and with Fred Warner. But more importantly, because of our pride, we said that those seven games at the end of the regular season with three preseason games versus non-starters or an uninspired Bills starting unit, we essentially said that that meant more weighed more and we believed that more than what we saw the Niners team do the past three seasons heck if it was flip we would have looked at Niner fans like y'all are crazy <laughs> you guys are bonkers what to reality think that. are you living in but because of our pride in our squad which we're supposed to have that is ultimately why we felt the way that we felt but when you really break it down should you really be surprised no they came out and looked confident. They came out and looked like a team that has played in big games and they knew how to start fast. It didn't matter if it was week one or if it was week 17 or week 20 NFC Championship. Their energy, their focus, their confidence was consistent. Flip it to us, we came out the gate playing not to mess up. We came out the gate and it was, we're going to be overly cautious with the ball in terms of Kenny because he didn't have his best performance. But when I mean by overly cautious... I have to physically see you be open before I cut the ball loose. That's what he did the first three starts last year while people were getting upset with him. Then at the end of the year in this preseason, he started doing what? Anticipating throws. Throwing guys open. That was the big difference. But to me, it was start to finish 
when that game started, the first couple of throws, it looked like, yo, I got to see it get open. So when we look and we say, why did it seem like Kenny's throws were late? Why were a lot of his throws low? He like he didn't have a lot of arm strength. To me, he didn't have the confidence out there in game one. And I don't know what it was because everybody reacts differently in certain situations. And sometimes you just have an off day. But to me, when I saw that, it was like, dang, that was one of the big reasons why we felt so optimistic. But you look at Purdy coming out the gate with confidence. You look at Kenny and Kenny just looked like the moment got to him. But the beauty is they're young. So with Kenny, you're still learning about him. So it still doesn't write it 100 percent off or confirm one way or the other. That's the thing what we've talked about in the preseason right. as well, though. Right. And that's the same context that applies today. It's going to be some people that are going to try to now use today or use yesterday's performance as an end-all, be-all to tell you that this is why you need to tank for Caleb Williams and Sador Sanders and all this other job. I like Drake May, personally. But at the same know. time, it's like, that was not uh, confirming, hey, man, this guy can't get it done. No, to me, it was some information, though. It told me that we can't just assume that because we saw him do it in the preseason and for a seven-game sample size, that that is 100% what we're going to get going forward. Now, we've talked about that as well, but we've also seen how people react to that. You might get called a hater if you don't you know, go all in on it. But th- to me, that was the context with it, man, specifically from an offensive standpoint. Defensively, thought that schematically we did some things that I liked, the execution was the problem with it. Specifically, three safeties, um, both in run fits and in coverage. I like the concept. I like the idea behind it. <clears throat> but if we can't be more consistent with our fits, we can't run it. Because some of, uh, not some of them, a good portion of those runs that hit yesterday with McCaffrey were out of that particular formation with a certain player at the point of attack every single time. And when we talk the difference of styles of players, I get that Terrell Edmonds was not a fan favorite, but the three things that he always gave you was he's always available. Number one, he's always in his fit. Number two and physicality. You won't go ever have to worry about him being the nail and not the hammer. Multiple players showed the opposite of that at times in positions where he would have. Now, we can't go back and change those decisions, but in terms of context, to give people reasons of why it's not this blow it up, end all, be all, but in terms of certain things that we just got to be better at, that to me was one of the things that, you know, kind of jumped off to me. Now, there's some other stuff that took place as well. We'll get to that. Absolutely. But initially, I thought that, man, we were in position on, heck, even the touchdown run by McCaffrey. We're in position. We fit it up well. We have a missed tackle, yep. and we got a guy get bombed on. And when it's that Christian McCaffrey happen. and you do that, see That ya. can't happen. Yep. Yeah. But you think about it. An unblocked guy just missed the tackle. And then after that, like I said, the safety who's, you know, get over top, beat this guy, he got pancaked. Ayuk had a day. Shout out to my fantasy team, unfortunately. <laughs> had to get that one in there, didn't you? Well, I like Ayuk. I actually had him. It worked out. Good player. It worked out. Good player. It worked out. Had himself a pretty nice game. You know? Yeah, Motsi, you said the word there. It was execution. I don't think, which is, it, it, it's crazy, you know, Looking back on it now, I, I don't think the Steelers got completely outclassed. Mm-mm. 
They got completely out-executed. Now, that sounds kind of grim when you phrase it that way, doesn't it? Out-executed. That makes it sound like there were some some lives, some lives and some, uh, some death on the line there. But you get what I'm saying. I Listen. I know how this works. I already we already I already got a few tweets from people, you know, wanting to talk about Matt Canada, a few tweets from people wanting to talk about Mike Tomlin's defenses. Don't get me wrong. I don't think any, I don't think the coaching staff was blameless yesterday either, but that to me was on the players. And a lot of people too in the reaction last night, in the reaction this morning, they want to harken back to last year with the coaching as well too. I it, it, football more than any other sport is a year-to-year game. I don't care what the offense did two years ago with Ben Roethlisberger, <laughs> particularly 39-year-old Ben Roethlisberger. A little bit from last year, sure, because it's a rookie quarterback and it's, it's you know, there, there's some continuity there. And you mentioned those last seven games that the context matters, but maybe not as much stock as we all want to put into it. Nobody was perfect, but no coach ever calls a perfect game. They're, they're killing Andy Reid in, in Kansas City for some of the stuff he did on that Thursday night. And that guy's won two Super Bowls, been to three, five straight AFC championship games in the last five years. And they are crushing. They were crushing him on, on Friday in Kansas City. No coach ever calls a perfect game. I don't think Matt Canada did. I don't think Terrell Austin did. I don't think Mike Tomlin did. No one is, is blameless in this regard. But I, my first thought is not to go right to the coaching staff. I'm with you. My first thought is a lot of those big plays by the Niners, the call was there. We just missed a tackle. We missed an assignment. They broke a tackle. We didn't execute. A lot of those run plays that ended up going for for two yards for Najee Harris, one yard for Jalen Warren, the call was there. The offensive line just either missed a block or was on roller skates. Now, we could talk about this more in depth because this is kind of our opening statements here, right? We could talk about the offensive line a little bit more in depth. That's maybe where I was most discouraged because – Man, we we need that unit to lead the way for this team this year, and and they struggled, they struggled mightily. Let's just let's just put it that way. Yesterday, against the Niners, but I I I think execution. You use that word. That's that's the word that's sticking with me here now. What? Um, we're almost twenty four hours since kickoff, right? It's been just mm-hmm. about twenty four hours since they twenty three hours and fifteen minutes. Sorry, twenty. I, I, I see you get your count. Twenty four hours and forty five minutes. Sorry. Over. Got to do the good math thing here, you Let's know, because I'm obviously the academic type. Um, since that game yesterday, the plays were there to be made. They just didn't make them. On offense, on defense. I mean, there's one person in the Steelers organization who isn't who is 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 maybe blameless yesterday, and that's T.J. Watt. But even he would tell you he was part of that defense in a losing effort. Hey, 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 hey. can you put some respect on T.J. That's um, mm-hmm. joint franchise okay. sack leader T.J. Watt. Thank you. And I tell you what, be pretty, I witnessed it. I was in person. I saw it. I, I was heard, so happy for my he, dog right there. I heard he there, did man. it for you. So happy for my dog. I right mean, there. no, no, were, no. He ain't gotta do it for me, man. He the man. You, you. I mean, you want to talk about? I mean, T.J. Watt was single handedly trying to be the spark. He was single handedly trying to drag that team back into the game. Um, but aside from that, whoo. I mean, I, I don't think anyone in the secondary had their best game. I don't think Minka was terrible or anything like that. But he left some plays out there, certainly. Right by his by his lofty standards. That was a. Wes is talking. Oh, now stop. Wes is talking today. No, 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 no. I just didn't think that we were able to talk about some of those names, man. I, you know, I see it. I watch it all. I go back and watch the tape. I just didn't know that that was on the table today. Mika, I thought Mika, you just glossed over Mika that. Was that's a B, but by his standards, okay. right? That's like okay. that's like when the when the when the four honor roll well, no, valedictorian no. It's, it's, gets a gets a no, B think, on a test. Think about this though. It's not just 
in the sense of him getting a B. That's not the context. The context is when you talk about the compensation because you're compensated to be a force multiplier. So force multipliers can't play like regular players when you're getting paid to account for multiple levels of production. That's the difference. That's the whole reason why we talk contracts and expectations. And people will get enamored with, well, that player doesn't deserve that type of criticism. Well, in a sense, he does, because if I'm paying you to give me three different players production and I'm saying that you're worth all of that, you can't come out here and just be good. That's his whole the Kirk Cousins versus a Patrick Mahomes argument, is it not? Kirk Cousins has been good for a long time, but they pay him great money at times. They pay him force multiplier money at times. Dak Prescott. Right, we can go down that list. Carson Wentz. We can go what down happened? that list, right? But, but think about it. Good players, no, yeah. still playing good. Sure, but they're not paid to just be good. You, he ain't the only one that was paid like that. That did no not no give doubt. us. Yeah, no he wasn't the only one. There's no singling out. If you're right. trying to single out one single person today, and that's some, of you're the missing the plot. Yeah, that is definitely one of the things when you're talking. You know, anytime we have a loss like how yesterday was, with the height of expectations, the way that they were. A lot of times, people's initial default is let's figure out who we can isolate so that way we can feel better about ourselves. 100%. We don't have to feel like it's just Kenny's yeah. fault. It's just because, Mike Tomlin's because fault. if you feel like I don't know why it happened, then you're gonna feel like there's no hope. And if there's no hope, then you're really discouraged. But we're here to tell you that there is actually a lot of hope. There is a lot of context that went with that thing yesterday. But the dudes have to play better, mm-hmm. and that's one of the things. But there is a difference between guys having to play better. And does not having an answer. Sure. And I think that's one of the things that at times that message could have got lost yesterday. You might be walking out of that stadium. And actually, I seen a lot of the people in that stadium. They looked as if we don't have any answers going forward. And to me, I don't think that's all the way accurate. I completely agree in that. Um, and we got to get to break here, but we'll, we'll, we'll touch on this on the next side. That's the That's the beauty and the pain of the National Football League, isn't it? Is, I mean, that's why you love the game, isn't it? Is that week one, it's like the season is on the line, and if you win, you're going to the Super Bowl, and if you lose, you better start tanking for Caleb Williams mm-hmm. or Drake May or you know whoever the guy is that yeah. you want in the draft because all is lost. In Pittsburgh today, it's a funeral. It's fire everybody. It's trade everybody. It's blow this thing up. It's what are we doing? Maybe we even need to build a new stadium. <gasps> and, you said new Steel Nation? Because I saw a lot of Steel Nation walk up out of that thing. I heard Niners... Here we go, Niners. Here, multiple times. That's all I'm saying. They had their fun. That's all I'm saying. They had their fun. I, Listen, all, all I'm gonna say is this, Wes. Since 2014, when I came here, I've never and ever. So I wanted to seen ask you that, that because ever. no, no, ever. Not even the Zeke Elliott. E- not ever, the Zeke Elliott game. Ever. Think about the Zeke Elliott game. It went down to the wire. When was there ever? Uh, yo, they take over our stadium. That game was surprising because it was about 50-50. But no, no, no. We're not going to act like Niners weren't in here and were extra louder than anybody in that stadium in the third quarter when we were still trying to come back. Don't act like that's no, no, no. The Zeke run at the end, they got hype after the game ended. Yeah, sure. Like that pop when he Zeke made that had run. had the run with a minute left in the game. Yeah. What are yeah. we talking about? Yeah. You know what I mean? I get what you're saying. This is the third quarter. In terms of looking around and going, Man, oh, this wow. third quarter, I'm like, bro, y'all walking out of here. And then on top of that, we got – here we go, yeah. I'm like, bro, what? They could have at least played some E40 for us. We trying to boo them to get them to be quiet because they so loud when our offense got the ball. But hey, you know how it go, man. Hey, listen, sometimes it, it, I mean, we, we, you know, 
I just figure. Sometimes, listen. Nobody's we, at, no, nobody's blameless. We, we we love we love to brag when we take over a stadium. Mm-hmm. Already talking about doing it in Vegas in a couple weeks. Sometimes, mm. yeah. Sometimes the bull. Sometimes the one getting bullied punches back. Right. Sometimes you got to take one on the chin in that regard too. Shout out! Though. I did get to meet CR uh, still in Nation Nine Twenty though. Yeah, shout out, right? I, I was like you. Best part of the best part of the day. Yeah, huh? it, it was fire, bro. It was fire. <laughs> you know. Shout out. CR and Tyler. You know. Yeah, I feel bad. Those yeah. guys traveled a traveled a long way. Um, Why do you feel bad? They got to meet you. What you mean? Well, you know. I guess not all is lost. You signed a sneaker too. Don't act like you ain't big time. I did. I did. Don't I act like you're not big time. I've been asked to sign a few things. Okay. A few Don't terrible like towels, a yeah. couple jerseys and things yeah. like that. It always tickles me to death that anybody wants my signature. I saw that. I said, oh, he fancy. But it was like, yes. this Wesley Eulers right here. This is the autograph. Said, did you oh. sign the shoes too? I did. I had to make sure I signed small to not like, get in your I way. I tried to sign small too you know, because I, I thought you time, might want to wipe this out one nah, day. uh-uh. I was like, wow, I like this. But, you know... Cal, we just mentioned Dallas. They're going to the Super Bowl today, right? They beat the Giants 40 to nothing last night. They're flying high. We them boys, all that nonsense that they talk down there, right, or whatever. That's that's the beauty and the curse of week one in the National Football League. It's never as good as you think it is. It's never as bad as you think it is. The real answer lies somewhere in the middle. The Cowboys aren't 40 to nothing good over the Giants last night. The Steelers aren't go out there and look like you forgot how to play football bad. We just wanted to make history, that's all. Well, TJ Watt did. We made history. TJ Watt. No, I'm saying multiple times we made history. That's all I'm talking about. You be saying it like it's bad. Y'all always look over here like, man, because we lost, and this was the worst loss, worst home loss in the Coach Tomlin era, that that's like, oh, was we it can't actually? talk. It was, it was, I'm trying to tell you, when I say it was history, I'm being now, see, serious. See, I didn't know this. I didn't want this kind of history. But you be playing. I be serious. It's like, all right. But this... I love it because it's cause and effect. Don't tell me y'all nice. Don't tell me preseason we did this, we big bad, and then you get out here, you get the, you know, historic loss. But this is the wake-up call, hopefully, for not just the team, but for the fans, too. It's a game that can humble it you. It's a game that yeah. can humble you real quick, right. can it? That's why I said I like it, man. It was history. Hey, one way or another. We go, are we going to learn from it? That's the question. We better learn from are it. We and, we'll, learn and, from and, it. And, and you know what? I want to. That's where we'll start when we come back on the other side. What's What's the one area that needs improved the quickest? Right? Because again, we can list the laundry list of issues from yesterday. Reality says you're probably not going to get them all corrected this week again before you before you host Cleveland on Monday night. So what's the one area that the Steelers really need to kickstart and get moving in the right direction? We'll discuss that when we come back on the other side. We got a few of you on hold right now. I will get to you during the break. Get your name and where you're calling from and all that good stuff. The tweets rolling in as well, too. It's a jam-packed day today, folks. And we are with you here until 2 o'clock. Wesley Euler, Arthur Motes. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR and 970 ESPN. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. It's the reaction show here on a Monday, all right? It's your chance, our chance to get it all off our chest, 
as Arthur Motes would say. <laughs> you better get it off your chest. Got to. Better out than in. <laughs> we got a couple of you guys on the phone lines. Going to start hitting some calls here in a minute. We'll get to your tweets, as we always do eventually as well. But first, Arthur Motes, simple question that I kind of threw out there that I teased before we went to break. If you could pick one area of this team that is drastically improved, that looks like a different unit, looks like the execution is infinitely better, right, on Monday night against the Browns, which kind of one area would really help this team get moving in the right direction? Just can he make the throws he's supposed to make? Literally, it's a different ball game. Points on the board, first downs, all of that is drastically different if he just simply makes the handful of throws that he was supposed to make. Nothing more, nothing less. What about you, man? I, man, I think that's a great answer. I might go offensive line. Okay. Um, just across the board. And I know that becomes more difficult with Chuke's uncertain status now with his concussion, which. That's what they ruled it. Obviously, at the game, man, yeah, I did not yeah. hear what they said. But Yep, concussion. Yeah. So he's in the protocol. So we probably won't get an update on him. And that's until, different from last year where correct. we had the same group. Correct. All 17 games, man. All 17 games, and now in game two, you might be forced to start a rookie, Broderick Jones, against this guy, Miles Garrett, who's pretty – I mean, he's no TJ, but he's pretty good. While also moving Dan Moore to a different position. While also Let's moving not Dan Moore to a different part. position, mm-hmm. correct. So you would technically have starters at two new positions on that offensive line against a Browns team and defense that looked pretty good against the Bengals. Yes, we'll get to that later in the week, all right? We got plenty of time to talk about those Browns. I, I think I might go offensive line, but I agree with you. You know, you kind of mentioned this earlier in the in the first segment too, and I didn't really touch on it more. But you're right. Where where was the Kenny Pickett that we saw doing the Connor McGregor strut? You know, against the Buffalo Bills, like that first third down of the game, right? First play, nice six yard gain by Najee Harris. That's a win on first down, Arthur Motes. You'll take six yards on first down every single time. Mm-hmm. That's a W. Second play, they run the jet sweep, and I know people are going to say, oh, the jet sweep, I hate that call, I hate it in that moment, and, and and I don't necessarily disagree with that. I'm telling you, though, the call was there. The offensive line just did not execute. So all of a sudden, third down, and it all of a sudden, like, I just I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened to KP there. I know there was some pressure from San Francisco, but he made kind of the first wave of it miss, right? And then that's the moment in the past where we've seen him Okay, you make that first wave miss, you get some open space, you either tuck it and run, you throw it away, you get rid of it, and instead he just he, he kind of looked a little shaky back there, ends up taking the sack, and I'm with you, Moats. From that point on, it just wasn't the same. And so much of Kenny Pickett's game, like no one's ever said that he's got the arm of Mahomes or Peyton Manning, right? No one's ever said he's got the build and athleticism of Josh Allen or, you know, one of those guys. Um, he can't move like Lamar Jackson, you know, something like that. But what he's always had is that above the show, that confidence, that moxie, right? That's the term we mm-hmm. hear all the time. We saw that in training camp. We saw that in preseason. Heck, we, we even saw it in stretches down the yeah. down the stretch at the end of last season. I think that's a good call by you because, man, he he needs that back. They need that back quick. Yeah, that's how I look at it, man. Um, there, Like I said, it's a lot of context. And there certainly is. And even, it's one It's one game. Yeah, and even with the offensive line, I know there are going to be times where it's easy to just say they need to be better, but context also matters with them. Um, like I said, it's a lot of context. It's a lot, it's of, a context. lot of context. And, and, with and it, man. again, too, at the forefront, it's one game. Yeah. It's... 
I know it's tough in the NFL. It's tough as a football fan, right? I mean, you and I are texting back and forth on Saturday about our about our alma maters, Go right? Dukes. How about the Dukes, Go huh? Dukes. Going hey, to hey. the real University of Virginia. Come on, man. Just add another ACC cap. Just add another Just one to add the feather. another ACC another feather to the cap. notch to That's the belt, do, baby. That's what we do. Taking down Virginia. That's what we do. Running that hey, state, hey, baby, hey. I tell you. I see how y'all got out there, too, though. Just, just know I pick. I, what's putting out, huh? Well, yeah, send a message. When, we'll get right, when huh? Pittsburgh's foremost collegiate okay. athletic department comes okay. to Morgantown, you got to okay. put on. I, I like what I saw though. I now like we got that. this other this thing called I the like, backyard brawl coming oh, up on Saturday. I don't know. It's no dun, Duquesne. Dun. It's no Duquesne, right? Hey, but now. I mean, it's. Um, but Mozi and I are texting about our, like whether you're into college football, whether the National Football League. Obviously, this is Steeler Nation Radio. If you're somebody who loves high school football on Fridays too, whatever level of football it is. The beauty and the curse is that you only get so many games. You get 12 in college, you get 17 in the NFL. It's it's not the Pirates where if you're a Buccos fan, you get six games a week, and if they get their butts kicked by Atlanta on a Tuesday night, well, that's okay. They're playing them again tomorrow. you got another chance to get after them. It's not being a Penguins fan, right, where if you lose to the Sabres 7-0 on Monday, it's okay. we got Philly coming to town on Wednesday, and we're going to get right, and we're going to beat up on those stinking Flyers, mm-hmm. right? In the NFL, you get 17 games, one a week, and you have so much anti- – you go from the combine to the draft to mini camps to training camp to preseason, and you're just waiting for it and waiting for it and waiting for it and hypothetical season and list season and all these different things that we do and all the and all the hype. And then for it to go like that week one, you're at the bottom of the barrel. And and that's the, that's the gift and the curse. That's the double-edged sword that is football. If the Steelers would have beat the Niners yesterday, 30-7, uh, to seven, right? That was the final, 37? 30-7? Yes, to correct. seven. Yep. We'd all be saying Super Bowl. We'd all be asking, "Oh, well, you get in your hotel room in Vegas for the Super Bowl? All right, you better you better go ahead and make it happen." Because here we go. Um, that that's the National Football League. But I've said this a few times. I'm sure I'll say it a million times this week, Motsi. It it is Week One. It's Week One. This happens. There's always teams that come out of the shoot hot first two three weeks of the season, and then they fall off a cliff. There's always teams that struggle out of the gate. And then they, you look up and they're in the conference championship weekend. You know, that happened to the Bengals last year. Joe Burrow threw what? Five interceptions against the Steelers week one and then went down to Dallas and threw three? It was a three or four. Like, yeah, like he yeah. had eight or nine interceptions in the first, first two, two games. games yeah. They were 0 2, and they were like, oh, it was last year a fluke? We went to the Super Bowl. Is that a one? Are we back to being the Bungles all over again? And, and then you look up and Joe Burrow's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and they're in the AFC championship game. The Patriots used to do that with Tom Brady every year, right? They'd start one and two, and is it time to fire Bill Belichick? Is Tom Brady washed up? And then they'd win, you know, 12 of their next 13 games, and they'd, they'd be in the AFC Championship game. It's one week. We wait for it for months. And so I understand, believe me, I'm not knocking – I'm not knocking anybody who's who's down in the dumps or anything like that. I get how invested everybody is into this thing. Yeah, don't let the uh, the conversation, you know, yeah. think that we're not down. Oh, absolutely. No, it definitely matters. Absolutely. The, 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 it all matters in the National Football League, but it's also one week. It's one out of 17. It, it, it's a boxing match, right, Mozi? You lost the first round. That's the bad news. You always, you always want to start out strong, right? But... You lost the first round. You still got 16 rounds to go to to get right and to figure this one out. 16 rounds? Boy, you boxing in the 80s? God dang. Yeah. 16. This ain't they call me. They call me, the? they call me old Curly. I'm, God, dog. I'm you 47 out, years bro. old. I've been in no, 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 227 you're, you're boxing You are definitely matches. not 47. If you boxing 16 rounds, you about 67, bro. Holy smokes, man. 16 rounds, Wes? 
West. Oh, this, curly this shit. Ain't the rumble, this ain't the Rumble rounds. in the Jungle. Okay. This ain't the Thrill in Manila. What are you? 16 rounds, bro? They ain't been about 16 rounds since Tyson early in the 90s, bro. They won't do a 16. God, 16 rounds? Lord. Lord. It's 12 rounds. 12. Shoot, you might even get a 10 piece. I've seen some eights make pay per view. <laughs> okay. Back back in my day, old Curly, we 16. used to we used to box for seventeen rounds. That's, that's when they push you on the table after they knock the dude out. They let him get up like five times. and got knocked out five more times, and they just roll him on. They're like, "Yeah, I don't think he's gonna be all right. He he he's talk with a slur. You, you think? Oh, back when concussions were just a headache. Right? Like what? He all right. He ain't really out on his feet. His, his eyes. He just had something in his eyes. That's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, uh, you're right, 17 rounds. Of, I say, God, boxing match, dang, tell man, you what. that is low. Ah, but back in old Curly's day, they used to box for 17 Yikes. rounds. Yikes. Let's go to the phone lines here, Motsi. Let's get some reaction. We'll we'll interweave calls and tweets throughout the show as, as we like to do. We got Mike on the road leading us off today. What's up, Mike? Hey, what's going on, guys? I got 400 miles of bad road in front of me coming back from that debacle oh. yesterday and uh, I'm going to be making the trek next week, Wes. We're going to the uh, the backyard brawl. I, I met Arthur. Thank you very much for meeting uh, myself and my son uh, before the game. It was a great job. Man, it was a pleasure. I was asking was about pleasure. you, Wes. Maybe I'll see you next week. Yes, hey, uh, you, know, you know I'll be there. You bet your bottom dollar. Yeah, um, a, uh, a couple things. Uh, one, I... When you guys talk about execution, you talk. Ex- uh, that's all I've been hearing from Wolf, uh, from the coach, from you guys. When is it, uh, and with the amount of season ticket holders that sold their seats to all these Niner fans, because I've never seen, uh, like you guys were saying, I've never seen a, another team fan base take over uh, Pittsburgh. You know, when is it that the players just aren't good enough? certain players you know and it's like it's execution only goes so far but when is the the other play is just better than the current team that we currently have don't get me wrong we got some great superstars on the defensive side but you talk about execution when is it just McCaffrey and the other other team's players are just better at times they are yeah and and there's nothing to take away from that I mean there's certain plays that McCaffrey made that I looked at and I'm like yeah, I could sit here and say this player should have made this tackle one-on-one or Quan should have been pressed up on him on third and five when he's one-on-one in coverage, but that's not realistic because if Quan is pressed up on him on third and five, he's not going to run it out anymore. Correct. He's going to run a vertical. Correct. So it's plays like that that I'm not referring to or saying that you got to execute better, but what I am saying is when I watch Levi Wallace put his chest on Christian McCaffrey and have two hands wrapped around this man's waist – and little McCaffrey's able to spin out of that and go 60 yards for a touchdown, that is an issue. That is execution because I've seen Levi Wallace make tackles before when he has chest on a player with arms wrapped around him. That's the execution part. When we talk Kenny Pickett, he missed a beautiful post route to Deontay Johnson where uh, Charverius Ward was on the outside leverage. Beautiful route by DJ. He might still be running. He just overthrew it and missed it. Have we seen... Kenny, make that throw in training camp in the preseason. We've seen him make deep throws. Heck, we've seen him make the same throw they got picked off when Fred Warner tipped it, throwing it to Connor Hayward and young Troy Palomalo, a.k.a. uh, Hafenga, (laughs) caught the pick and ran it and did the lateral. We've seen Kenny make that same throw, but in those two instances, off, slightly off, and this is a game of inches. So is that me saying, oh, man, 
Ward was so good that we couldn't throw at Ward? No. I'm simply saying, Kenny, just drive it. Back foot to front flip. Bottom up, like you always do. Rip that thing and put it on Deontay Chess and let him be catching this thing and running potentially for a touchdown. Or do I bring up the slant route that took place in the third quarter, if I remember correctly? No, no, no. Second quarter, because we actually end up scoring. It's the move score. But early on in that same sequence in the red zone, before the penalty, where we had to get the new set of downs, Deontay wins once again on the slot, one-on-one versus Dre Greenlaw. The throw, once again, late and behind, so Greenlaw gets a chance to block it. And you see DJ motion with his hands, and it was low and behind him. Those are three instances where we're talking potentially points. I felt confident about two guaranteed to be points to two to Deontay. Had zero to do with that Niners talent, though. That was just our lack of execution. So that's what I'm speaking on when I talk execution versus at times where the Niners just got better players. Right. And and how about, like uh, Coach says, uh, making routine plays routinely. Yeah, there you go. That's that. Yeah. The better players make those plays uh, routinely, without a doubt. And then – how about the uh, the second play from scrimmage, the jet sweep? And then uh, I'm sitting there like uh, next to my – I said to my son, look at that, second play, the jet sweep, here we go again. <laughs> Is it the same thing we're going to see over and over and over? Listen, Mike. I I know a lot of people didn't love that call, and I honestly too. I didn't I, I didn't love the timing of it so early as well, but. I, I I'll tell you again. I think it was I think it was there. I really do. But Isaac Sayamalu and Mason Cole did not have the best reads. Um, I think that could have easily gone for six or seven yards in a first down. But I understand why maybe not thinking it's 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 the right timing there. It's, it, listen, it's it's one of those things. When it works, it's you're a genius. When it doesn't, you're it's it's terrible timing. You're dumb. I will remind everybody. Last year, the Steelers averaged over five yards per carry on those jet sweeps. So it wasn't like they didn't work when you look at the entirety of it, the body of the work. Um, but again, Mike, fair question. And that's that's one of those things that we do, right? We will, Especially week one in a loss like that, we will dissect every little decision, every little play. Um, but I also think they, they deserve a little bit of time and a little bit of rope to get it right. Hey, uh, thanks uh, thanks again, Arthur, for uh, meeting me yesterday. And Wes, don't forget to tweet out where you're going to be at that uh, next week at the brawl. I'll, hey. uh, Peach, hope pe- to see you then. Peach lot, baby. Let's go Steelers. Hey, let's go. <laughs> Drive safe out there, Mike. Yes, thanks, yes. thanks for calling. No, I, I do get what he's saying, but that's one of those things. I said rope, but, but leash was the word I was looking for. Like, I I'm not ready to kill anybody just yet. I don't think anybody, again, maybe besides TJ Watt, is blameless from yesterday. Um... There's got to be better execution. There's got to be better calls. Everything. It's all in the same ecosystem, Arthur Motes. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess. It's just one of them things where Jet Sweep has become the new Firemat Canada. A play that, like it's, you've already talked about, over the course of 17 games is arguably one of our I think most it, successful don't plays. Don't quote me on this, but I think it averaged like 5.6 yards But let me per, continue, per though, time because that's one of the things. It's like it's very successful. But because Steeler fans suffered from fatigue with it, because when we were trying to identify what Canada does well or doesn't do well, the one thing that a lot of people that couldn't all the way put together why the offense struggled at times last year, they tried to just talk about how, oh, well, it's always a jet sweep, it's always a jet sweep. Wes, what's the difference between you running a jet sweep averaging four yards a carry versus you running a dive averaging four yards a carry? It's still four yards a carry, right? What's the difference, Wes, between the 
Patriots, when they would used to do the, man, we're going to throw it to Julian Edelman and Wes Welker for two, three yards and just let them one-on-one. And we said that's their pseudo run play, right? Yep. What was the difference? It's still three, four yards, right? That is literally all you're doing with the Jet Sweep. You're just trying to figure out another off-balance, creative way to pick up some cool yards. That is it. And the reason why we run our Jet Sweep the way that we do in terms of the protection on it we try to influence that DN at times. So there's times where they won't block him because they're accounting for him not being able to see it fast enough. And while you get that player outside of him now, instead of me wasting a blocker on this old line, I mean on this D lineman, we're I'm downfield. We're, we're downfield, get your extra blocker. Yep. But we could blame Matt Canada because it's cool to do. But to me, that is not a Matt Canada issue right there. That's no different than any of these other just give me a call just to stay on schedule. That's all you're trying to accomplish. But they look at that play as if, oh, my God, he called the jet sweep. And it's not just the call, because obviously it's been most people that talked about it. But it's like, man, he's literally just calling the second call as let me get a safe call on schedule. Because we just had a nice first play. Six yards on first down. So let me just get a safe call to keep us on schedule. We know that, what do we know about the Niners defense up front? Very aggressive, right? What do they do well specifically versus the pass? They rush the quarterback well, right? Saw that on the third play of the game. So, you can go screen. You can go draw. Those are other alternatives. But in terms of defense, defense one-on-one, if you're a high-level defender, second down. If it's second and super long or if it's second and short, like we just said, we picked up six, so it was second and four. The two things we're screaming on defense is screen and draw. Maybe alert play action because of it being short because we're seeing it's a waste down now. So you can call a draw play because that's more, we run this on Madden. And you could pick up the exact same thing. Or you could say, let's run the screenplay because this is what you do on Madden. If you go to coach's suggestion, every second and long or second and short, you're going to get screen, draw, draw, or play action Half pass. Draw. Okay. It's one or the other. So forgive him for saying, let me just try to, you know, do something that's a little bit different than everybody's cookie cutter when it's second down. In that particular down and distance, just in terms of the high-level NFL thinking, that's how we think as defenders. So I don't hate the jet sweep call hmm. in that situation. To me, I thought that it was more so is rough to run those type of plays, leaving their D-line unblocked or trying to influence their D-line because of how well they play. Guys like Javon Hargrave, they've seen a lot of football. It's hard to trick them. We talk about both. We talk about Cleland Farrell. I thought Cleland Farrell and Drake Jackson played a lot better. They played well. Than I anticipated. Yeah, same here. But they were some of those guys where you weren't just tricking them. You weren't going to just be able to misdirection and catch their eyes being bad. And that is what we kind of were banking on at times in the run game. And I felt like our response should have been just more so we need to match physicality with physicality. But now it goes back to what the caller said in the sense of do we have the personnel specifically in the trenches to match that? I thought we didn't. Not necessarily our O-line versus their D-line, but our interior center and two guards versus Hargrave, Armstead. And then when they had to climb up to Fred Warner, they had a issue all day trying to climb up to Fred Warner. And that's partly because of how great Fred Warner is as a linebacker. So once again, is that completely on scheme? Is that completely that? Or is it sometimes that guy over there is arguably the best linebacker in football right now for a reason? 
because he could play the run like a son of a gun, and you don't want to try him in coverage, as we saw, even though he dropped one to hit him right in the <laughs> right, face. Oh, right my God. He might have had to pick six oh there, too. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, that was the biggest surprise that, of the that day. That was one of those ones where I'm like, I'm glad it happened, but I'm just as a linebacker, I was in utter disgust. Like, you're our hero. You're supposed to be our king. We say that you're the number one linebacker, and you let that ball hit you in the face like that, bro. But that was why I had to like back off sure, of my football sure, love and just sure. go back to Steeler love. I'm like, all right, <laughs> I'm glad you dropped it, punk. Yeah. 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 We got to get to a break here. More of your calls, more of your tweets on the other side. I mean, I tell you what, I was going to see if we could do Professor Moats in the one o'clock hour, but I think he's been, they've been lecturing here already. Breaking, just having some fun. Nah, breaking it all down. It's a Monday. It's a, you know, we're, it's, it's the morning after. It's the afternoon after, whatever you want to call it. We're getting it all out there. You know where to get at us if you want to get involved. Steelers Blitz. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. All right, we've been a little long-winded. We got to do a quicker segment here. You know, get ourselves back on schedule, Arthur Motes, right? A lot like the Steelers are going to do Monday night against the Browns. We'll get to that eventually. For now, let's go back to the phone lines here to close out the first hour of the show. Our buddy Ryan in Orlando is on the phone lines. What's up, Ryan? Nothing much. Uh... We, we just need to relax, okay? We just need to calm down. Um, it's all about execution. If you look at Adams playing the nose position, his pad level was high all game long, and then he was getting washed into the linebackers. If we just get the pad level low, and then he started taking splits even further out so the center could go and get the linebackers. So that that's one thing. Another thing is, is that we need to have Kenny Pickens roll out couple rollout passes like we did in the preseason to get him into rhythm. And I don't think it was Canada's offense because there's people wide, wide open. And then cleats. I don't know. It looked like we were on ice yesterday. I thought we were the Penguins with all the sliding, the slipping, and San Francisco looked fine. I just think it's execution. It's the first game. San Francisco was uh, no one's homecoming opponent. They were a good opponent, probably the best defensive line possible. But it's just the little things that Moat says about execution. I think our pad level was way too high. And I think we were in zone when sometimes you should have been in man, and we were in man when we should have been in zone. So I, I think they're easable fixes, but we need to get someone else on the defensive line because if you look at Adams, he tries to do a spend move every single time and gets washed out. So we just need to get someone in there that's going to plug the hole. A man of context. I love to hear it. He's with the relax, too. Is this I Brian in Orlando or is this Aaron Rodgers in, in New York it. with this the R-E-L-A-X? Hey, 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 first off, first off, y'all know what tonight is. We not doing none of that yeah, Rodgers stuff. Shouldn't he be focused nah, on the game? We not doing none of that Rodgers stuff. You know what tonight is. Stop playing. You peep the hat that's in here, okay? You peep the hat that's on my head that's yeah, in here. Yeah, Moats may or may Stop not playing, be wearing okay? a That's Buffalo all I'm going to say right now. You know much. what time it is tonight. I don't want to hear none of that. No, 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 no. And he ain't in New Jersey. He's, he, I mean, he's not in New York. He's in New, he's Jersey. In New Jersey. Just throw it out there, all right? Exactly. But, um, but I will say this, though. I agree. Um, in terms of Montrevis, he's got to play better. I thought his effort was excellent. I love how he was chasing plays, but pad level was too high, and that was part of, when we talk context running game, him being four or five yards back, even if it is a double team, there are still techniques where they teach you what we call to sit on a bar stool. Before you give up five yards of movement, you put your butt on the ground and you roll or you roll to a seated position. And what it does is it stops your momentum from going. 
So it creates a pile at two yards versus you being on your feet still fighting, but you're five yards downfield, and sure, now you're sure. in the linebacker's way in terms of how they're reading and trying to scrape over certain things. That was a big difference watching our linebackers versus watching Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. Those guys in San Fran were able to scrape freely and get downhill for the majority of the time. There were a couple of plays where our O-line was able to get to them, and the play spit. We saw Najee have a really nice run behind it, right? Mm-hmm. But as a whole, that was a big part of it. Montrevis does have to be more consistent there. In contrast, I thought a guy like Keanu Benton played really well. I want to see him potentially get more snaps. I know it's easy to just knee-jerk and say, make him the starter, play him every single snap. He is also a young rookie. We got to see, can he continue to replicate that? And if we increase his snaps, what does his technique look like? What does his focus look like? So it still is one of those things where Montrevis still has to improve this week because he's going to get reps. But from what I saw with Keanu Benton, I was very encouraged for that to be his first opportunity versus the run or the pass. I do feel, once again, it's not like we don't have an answer because I'm telling you an answer right now. But to me, I've seen Montrevis play better. Yeah, and that's sure. why I'm like, for Montrevis sure. could be better. But even if he can't, I already saw Keanu put in major mm-hmm. nice productive stuff versus run and pass on tape. So I still feel good about that situation. Brian, we got a run partner, but thanks uh, for calling yeah, us. Good hearing doubt, from man. you as always. We'll talk again soon, all right? Yeah, I'll be definitely getting you both autographs when I come up to see the Patriots. Let's go. <laughs> Sounds good, partner. Thank you. Thanks for calling as always. Have a good rest of your day, and we will holla at you soon. We got to run here and get our break schedule back on clock. Hour number two on the other side. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.